All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in. It's a March 4th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. Tyler Uremchuk and my co-host for the day, Frank Saravalli. Frank, it's a Friday. We're heading into the weekend, but for you, an NHL insider, deadline season, there's no weekends. No, it's just another day that ends in Y in the hockey season. That's all. And we wouldn't have it any other way. It's a busy time around the NHL. So let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and dig into a conversation about the Western Conference. And I mean, the Colorado Avalanche sitting first in the Central. You get the Flames pretty much running away with the Pacific Division as well. And it's kind of funny that we're going to sit here and talk about these two teams the day after they lost to the Coyotes and Canadians, respectively. But Frank, the question was brought up a little bit over the last 24 hours. No, Colorado, 764 points percentage. They're probably going to win the conference. But come playoff time, which team in the West will actually be the toughest out? Who will be the toughest opponent for teams in the playoffs? I don't know about the toughest opponent, but I think the team that has a style that is most translatable or best translates to the Stanley Cup playoffs is the Calgary Flames. That's what they've been building towards all year under Daryl Sutter. It's We've seen it time and time again in the Stanley Cup playoffs that it's not necessarily the best team that wins or the best roster that wins, but the team that plays the best playoff style hockey. And I think when you take a look at the Calgary Flames, maybe throw out uh, the game against the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday night, you take a look at their last 12 wins. They've allowed 19 goals. 
That's just over a goal and a half a game. And they've scored almost at a similar clip to um, the Colorado Avalanche in the sense that they haven't gotten nearly enough credit for their ability to score goals this year. Johnny Gaudreau being a huge part of that, Elias Lindholm and Matthew Kachuk being a big part of it. But their defense has been so good. And if they could find a way to beef up their blue line even more and better situate their pairs, maybe knock one of their second pair guys down to the third pair or something like that to better strengthen the group. I just think they're in a great spot to come in and have playoff success, particularly on that side of the bracket in the Pacific division where there really aren't very many elite teams. And so you look at it and you say, well, maybe the Vegas Golden Knights could pose a significant problem and and maybe they will get their act together. Maybe they'll get their goaltending together and get healthier. But for now, I really like the way the Calgary Flames are playing, Tyler. Yeah, I think the Golden Knights are that interesting team. When we talk to Jesse Granger, it's just, you know, they're not really firing on all cylinders. They haven't had everyone healthy yet this year. And we know the playoffs. It's all about just playing your best at the right time. But we also know that it can be very hard to just flip that switch. It's not as easy as just flipping a switch, right? For me, the big debate between Colorado and Calgary is it's basically depth versus high-end skill, is it not? Like you look at that Calgary team, that third line of Monaghan, Lucic, and Toffoli, I think that could be a really, really tough trio to keep off the score sheet. And then they could do a lot of damage to the opposition, even just the way they forecheck in the playoffs. But you look at Colorado, I think that top six is so good. And also they maybe learned some tough lessons. We hear that a lot as well. You go back through their last sort of three playoff runs, losing in six games to Vegas in the second round, losing in seven to the Dallas Stars, losing in seven to San Jose the year before that as well. You know, maybe Colorado, this is just sort of that peak year where they've learned their lessons. They're finally ready to go for it. I wonder what they could do at the deadline as well, Frank. By the way, it's such a great story, actually, Milan Lucic. You think back to the last number of years, he's been one of the NHL's great comeback stories on pace for the most goals that he scored in a single season since 2016-17. It's been a while. He's not going to get back to being that 25-goal guy in the league, but he's certainly been an effective player in Calgary. And that year when he hit 20 goals with Edmonton, he was also very good for them in their playoff run that ultimately ended in the second round as well. So Calgary certainly hoping for that out of big Milan Lucic this year. One team we didn't touch on in that conversation, but maybe they deserve a little bit more love is the St. Louis Blues. We know they are solid between the pipes with Bennington and Huso. Huso's having a fantastic year and we know they're going to hold on to both those guys. At least that's the belief right now. When you look at this team, Frank, where are the holes? Where should they be looking to add come deadline time? Well, they don't have very many holes, but I think they'd like to get stronger. And the St. Louis Blues are in full Stanley Cup contender mode. They're trying to win and they're trying to compete and do it this season. Uh, This is a team that has found recent playoff success going back to 2019 and winning that Stanley Cup in Game 7 in Boston. And they're a team that has gotten such a shot in the arm from some of the young players that they have. Jordan Cairo, Ivan Barbashev, Robert Thomas. You see those guys all in the top five in scoring. Vladimir Tarasenko has had a resurgent year and Pavel Buchnevich has been an unbelievable addition from the New York Rangers. Doug Armstrong taking advantage of a salary cap casualty uh, leaving Broadway. And so you look at their group and I think they're in the market for two things. One is a defenseman to play with Colton Pareko, a partner. Um, You know, that's sort of been an up and down position this season for them. And you know, I think a guy stylistically that fits well and that they've talked about and been engaged in conversations with is Ben Sherratt. 
But I think they have to balance that between also trying to get a versatile forward. They're really interested in Claude Giroux. Now, the question is, can they get Claude Giroux to waive his no-move clause? Doug Armstrong, the Blues GM, was down in Philadelphia this week while the Blues were out east uh, playing in the New York area. He popped down for a visit uh, to get an in-person viewing again on Claude Giroux. Um, you know, I think they're certainly going to try and take a swing. Colorado, we just talked about another team in their division. If you could keep him out of their hands and make your team stronger, the fact that he can play center, can play on the wing, the question would be, in that case, who goes? And I'm wondering why at this point, given his production, why isn't David Perron signed? He's a pending unrestricted free agent. This is his third tour of duty in St. Louis. He's been a really good player for that team and also a big part of their playoff success. So do they hang on to him? What's going on there with David Perron? I think it's a really interesting story. Uh, and why isn't he signed to an extension? So um, to me, that would be one guy that I have a question mark about in terms of if they're trying to make space for a dollars in, dollars out scenario, which it seems like it might be. The Blues are certainly in contender mode trying to get better. Save the juicy stuff for icebreakers, Frank. That's coming up in a couple of seconds. Slow down. All right. Uh, one team that's certainly not adding ahead of the deadline is the Buffalo Sabres, but that's where we're going next. Not a lot of talk about Buffalo team where when you look at the list of assets that could potentially be moving, you know, that, that could be a pretty interesting spot. They, they got some areas. They have three first round picks in the upcoming draft. I would imagine GM Kevin Adams would love to add a few more. Um, but Frank, what do you see ahead of the Sabres here, ahead of the deadline? Well, they've got a few pieces on the blue line that are actually generating some interest. And that would include Robert Haig, Mark Pissick, and Colin Miller. Um, I think three pieces that are viewed at this point as mostly depth guys. Miller has dealt with some injury issues, and you might be able to get something in that sort of second or third round pick. You know, you look back to the Brandon Montour trade last year to Florida. Does that sort of help set the table for someone like Miller? Um, you look at Hag, and, and he's a guy that came over from Philadelphia in the Rasmus Ristolainen trade. I think some people have some question marks about his game, but he's sort of the ideal insurance piece, third pair guy, six, five, six, seven spot that you can plug him into. Um, he has a little bit of bite in his game, someone that competes. Um, and so then there's Victor Olofsson, who's on our trade targets board. He's someone that, you know, burst onto the scene a few years ago with a 20 goal season as a rookie. And people were saying, oh, this guy could really be something. He hasn't quite gotten back to that level. But the issue is as a pending restricted free agent, his ARB case is going to be somewhat in that requires a raise. And so he's probably looking somewhere in the $4.25 million range on his next deal. If you're the Buffalo Sabres, do you want to commit that type of money to Victor Olofsson? So Olofsson's name has been out there and available. Probably not a surprise given where the Buffalo Sabres are at in their situation, trying to improve their team, trying to get better. It may still be through futures at this point. I think they'd ultimately like to be more competitive and get to the point where, um, you know, they're trying to add to their team as opposed to selling off pieces, but they're still in that spot. And the last thing is cap space. There's so many teams this year that are ready and willing to be third party brokers, San Jose, Arizona, Buffalo, go down the list, the New Jersey Devils. There may be as many teams that are interested in being trade deadline third party brokers, which Chris Gear wrote a great story about on dailyfaceoff.com about a week ago 
that's that gives you that are more teams or as many teams are interested in being third party teams with cap space as there are teams that are trying to buy. So, um, you know, it could be a really interesting spot when it comes to the deadline and making that money work that Buffalo could certainly be part of that with a team like Seattle and Detroit and some others, Columbus, that uh, are in a position with cap space, an enviable position, but also outside the playoffs. And it'll be interesting just to see how low these teams teams are willing to go as well, right? Like Chris Gear, I love the story when he outlined sort of the price ranges on everything. But I mean, if there's six, seven teams willing to do it, how low do the prices drop? Yeah, uh, that's the other part of it is that if there's competition there, it's exactly like shopping for a mortgage on your house. You make a move where you can find the best rate so teams can pit these third-party brokers against one another to try and get the best value for the cap space in terms of trading away an asset. Yeah, you made that uh, comparison today on the DFO Rundown as well. New episodes available wherever you get your podcast from. Let's move along to our fourth topic here, Frank. We're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to play a little game here. Uh, I, I was digging through some you know, surprising stats from this season, and we'll get to a few towards the end of the segment, but we're going to start by playing a little Two Truths and a Lie, Frank. I got three stats. One of them is not true, though. So uh, the first round of numbers I got pulled up here, the first round of stats, Brady Kachuk has taken the most penalties in the league. Alex Ovechkin has played 53 more power play minutes than anyone else. And the goalie who's faced the most rubber this season is Thatcher Demko. Which one of those do you think is incorrect? Brady Kachuk has taken the most penalties in the league. That one's actually true. Brady Kachuk, if you go to NHL, penalties taken, not penalty minutes, but penalties taken. Brady Kachuk's one, Pierre-Luc Dubois, is number two. The false one is actually the goalie who's faced the most rubber. Thatcher Demko is third on that list to 1,229 shots against. Connor Hellebuck leads the league, 1,330. He and UC Soros are the only two goalies who are above 1,300 shots against so far this year. The second round we got up here, we're starting with Gabriel Landeskog leads the NHL in empty net goals. Trevor Zegras leads the league in shootout goals. Devon Taves has the best even strength on ice goal differential in the NHL. Which one do you think is wrong? Trevor Zegras leads the league in shootout goals. <laughs> you're, you're incorrect again, Frankie. He actually does lead the NHL in shootout goals. Gabriel Landeskog does not lead the NHL in empty net goals. He's actually a part of a tr four players who have five. Connor McDavid, Svechnikov, and Kyle Connor also have five. Alex Ovechkin leads the NHL with seven empty net goals so far this season. I love is, this game. It reminds me of elementary school when I used to play like truth <laughs> or dare on the bus with the girls. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I also dug up some other interesting stats from the from sort of the first whatever 55, 56 games. Washington's power play 25th in the NHL, Frank. That's a power play who over the last two years had been ninth in the NHL. And that's been Edmonton's power play as well. I know Oilers fans are fired up about this, but after two months so far this season, Edmonton's power play was first in the league. 37.7%. They were 8.2% clear of second place in the NHL. From December 1st on, they're all the way down at 22nd in the NHL. You can see the other ones here. Leon Dreisaitl, three more game winners than anyone else. Chris Kreider. Yeah, I think Tyler's having some internet issues there. We, we've lost Tyler's audio. Apologies, folks. We're having some technical difficulties here. We'll have Tyler hop in and hop out if we can. 
All right, let's uh, let's transition to icebreakers. Maybe I can uh, tee myself up here. Still no Tyler. Okay, let's uh, let's dive into some icebreakers delivered by DoorDash. All right, so uh, we have a really interesting rumor or juicy tip that had popped up this week. Lots of chatter around the NHL that Spencer Knight is available from the Florida Panthers. And so wanted to follow up. I've done some due diligence and certainly some homework on this one. And I can say unequivocally that Spencer Knight is not available. Some people might say, hey, that's a little bit, uh, you know, is there even news there? What's going on? Well, you know, the Spencer Knight, obviously a, a top flight goalie prospect, someone that the Florida Panthers believe in. Uh, but the other part of it, I think, and some teams have also done this analysis as well to say, look at where the Florida Panthers are at at the moment. They're an authentic Stanley Cup contender, a team that is perhaps one piece away. And could Spencer Knight be used to help get you that piece that uh, exists on the market to help put your team, which is in win now mode over the top. Well, you know, especially when you have Sergei Bobrovsky for four more years at 10 million per. And I can say this, the Florida Panthers have been asked about Spencer Knight and they've been rebuffed. I think where this is emanating from is perhaps a conversation that existed between, I believe, the Florida Panthers and the Arizona Coyotes going back to around the holidays when um, there were talks between these two teams about defenseman Jacob Chicker. And I believe the Coyotes asked for Spencer Knight and they were rebuffed then. And Spencer Knight, of course, has spent some time in the AHL since then, as you can see, 917 save percentage as he's gotten in nine starts there in the American Hockey League with the Charlotte Checkers. But the Florida Panthers have no interest in trading Spencer Knight. They believe he's a franchise centerpiece in net. And by the way, just a little nugget there, Spencer Knight is scheduled to come back to the NHL next week. The Florida Panthers, of course, will have some work to do on that front uh, roster moves wise in order to get Spencer Knight back to the NHL. And the other part of that story is that, yes, the Arizona Coyotes, probably not a surprise, are looking for a netminder. Carol Vamelka has been good this season. They've had some extension talks with him. But uh, in terms of potentially trading Jacob Chikrin, they would potentially, depending on the team, be looking for a goaltender back in return. The Boston Bruins have been one of those teams that's expressed interest in Jacob Chikrin. I believe part of the ask from the Arizona Coyotes then was uh, Jeremy Swayman. We'll see what happens there on that front, if Jacob Chikrin ends up moving or not before the deadline. But yes, just to pour some cold water, if the subject comes up again anytime soon, the Florida Panthers view Spencer Knight as a huge part of their franchise moving forward. Okay, so that brings us to the Ottawa Senators. What's going on with Nick Paul? He was the number 13 guy on our trade targets list this week. They had had substantive discussions, I think you could say, with Nick, Nick Paul and his camp going back to January, had made an offer three years times $2 million per year. That's something that is not going to get it done to keep Nick Paul, a guy who's been a big part of what they do, uh, brings certainly a different element as a Swiss 
Army knife to their team. And discussions have gone pretty quiet of late in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and so at this point, it's trending towards Nick Paul going to free agency and certainly would seem with where the Ottawa Senators are at in their process, trying to get their team to be buyers at the deadline instead of sellers, to use the term that Pierre Dorian has recently, uh, it would appear then that they would have to be entertaining trade offers for Nick Paul ahead of the March 21st deadline. You know, I see Nick Paul as a guy that's definitely somewhere in that $3 million a year range. Uh, we'll see if the Ottawa Senators can come closer together to pay Nick Paul to keep him as one of their pieces, uh, certainly for the future as well. Frank, I'm back. back. Like I'm hopping over the boards to rejoin you on a power play. Uh, let's move on to the third name here, the Canes. They were the first team in 14 years with a successful offer sheet on Jesperi Kakaniemi. Are, are they going to be able to keep this guy around long term? Well, they're certainly trying. And I think that uh, I think ultimately they will be successful. You take a look at Kakiniemi's numbers after a pretty slow start to the season. He's really found his way and found a rhythm. 11 goals, 11 assists for 22 points. And the key with Kakiniemi is that he's done it with somewhat limited ice time. So they're pretty pleased with the production from Kakiniemi. He has that qualifying offer at $6.1 million that comes from that offer sheet. Of course, teams and agent uh, and players camp can negotiate below that number. And they've had some recent meetings uh, about this. They've been productive and certainly good spirited. The Carolina Hurricanes would like to get Yes, Barry Kotkaniemi on as long term a deal as they can. I don't know if they'll quite get to eight years, but the prospects are really good for a long term deal for Yes, Barry Kotkaniemi to remain in Carolina. Uh, my guess and, and certainly just hazarding a guess is somewhere in the four to four and a half million dollar range is the world that they might be talking in. So um, let's see if the Carolina Hurricanes and Yes, Barry Kotkaniemi can get a deal done uh, in somewhat short order. He's a guy that they'd like to keep around as part of their future let's head out to the west coast of canada and the vancouver canucks where a name that maybe we haven't heard a lot about uh tyler mott what's the latest around him and the canucks yeah, it's interesting. There's been so much talk about Brock Besser, so much talk about JT Miller that I think we've kind of lost sight of the one piece that the Vancouver Canucks absolutely have to make a decision on between now and March 21st as their only pending unrestricted free agent. Uh, Tyler Mott is someone that you look at his stats here and they're probably a little bit deceiving. Over the last 82 games for Tyler Mott, 13 goals. So there's been some shortened seasons in there. Uh, obviously, there's been some COVID and lots of other things going on. But Tyler Mott is no doubt uh, a big part of the Vancouver Canucks and their energy. He, he drives that line there in Vancouver and a productive player, also a fan favorite in Vancouver. The question is, does the new regime want to pay Tyler Mott? Uh, to this point, uh, they did have an initial meeting, uh, the two sides between Mott's camp and the Vancouver Canucks. There have not been substantive discussions. We're now 17 days away from the NHL trade deadline. And I can say this, if they don't end up coming together, I think there's some sort of structure out there that probably works to help set the marketplace, a Sean Corrali type contract from the Columbus Blue Jackets. I believe that was 2.75 times four. 
a deal like that could help set the table for Tyler Mott. Uh, whether or not the Canucks want to pay that type of money to a player that plays in their bottom six uh, and does a lot of different things for them, uh, we'll see what the philosophy is for Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin. Uh, but at this point, there haven't been really progress made on that front in terms of a contract. It'd be easy to come together and make that happen over the next 17 days. But if not, I can say this for certain. The Vancouver Canucks are not in a position if Tyler Mott is unsigned before the deadline to be able to go through that and and risk losing him at the end of the year. They've been down that road previously in Vancouver. It's been a sticking point in that market and it's a mistake that I believe the Canucks will not make this time around. So if we get to March 20th and Tyler Mott is not signed, you can pretty much count on him going somewhere else for a playoff chase. Fantastic stuff. As always, Frank, another edition of Icebreakers delivered by DoorDash. You see those promo codes at the bottom of the screen, DFODD or DFODDUS, 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order with DoorDash. When you use those, it's Friday. You don't want to cook and the meals on there just as good as the info Frank delivers in Icebreakers. All right, Frank, let's move on to our daily face-off inbox question. I saw this pop up the other day. The NHL registration is open for the NHL's Gaming World Championship again. And like, I'm a young guy, and it still blows my mind that there are people who can like competitively play like NHL 22 or any video game for that matter. The money in it is insane. And I think back to when I was younger, which, I mean, granted, again, wasn't that long ago, and how far video games have come. The question is, what was your first favorite video game as a kid or maybe a game that you could have gone pro at at a young age? Well, first off, I could go pro in no video game. I am a, I am one of the world's worst gamers. Like uh, my brothers-in-law are all a bit younger than me. And so uh, there's three of them and we've played video games before. And like, I'm the mark. I'm the guy that everyone shoots at in Call of Duty. I can never process the information fast enough, like sight to trigger. Like, I don't know what button I'm pressing. I don't know how to move around. I'm like the guy that's constantly walking around in Call of Duty, looking <laughs> at the ground. Cause I don't, I don't know how to position myself with the, you know, to look at the right thing. Uh, so I would be good at nothing. I actually used to be pretty decent um, at NHL, but like you're going to laugh because you were born in 97, right? I played NHL 97 and like I was decent because the controls were very simple then. It was like pass press X to shoot, uh, to pass or, or, or square to shoot. I could do that. But since like this, like the whole other part with like moving the joystick and like to shoot and twirling it around and do all these moves. And I don't know, like none of that works for me. So I would say my favorite would be, uh, something back in NHL 97. And I was actually, um, I loved the Madden games, uh, back in the nineties as well. Haven't been a big gamer since I actually, uh, haven't turned on a console in years. So uh, maybe one night I'll crack open a beer and do it. There you go. Yeah, for me, I, I mean, again, not that long ago, but I was so good at this baseball game for the Nintendo Wii called The Bigs. And it was like cartoon style baseball. Like the game made no sense whatsoever. But I just remember there was a lot of winters and summers where I would just be like, drenched in sweat as like a nine or 10 year old <laughs> playing this game with the big Wii remotes and got swinging around. It was a ton of fun. Uh, let's move on to something that just, has not been just envision you getting sweaty, working out with a Wii game. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. 
Pretty on brand. Uh, let's get into something that is uh, not a lot of fun for me recently, and that is my daily bet segment, courtesy of our friends over at Points Bet. Uh, another not great night on the betting front for me, but I will look to rebound here heading into the weekend. I did have a good weekend last week, so you know maybe that's a sign. Maybe I'm more of a weekend better kind of thing. Uh, let's start with this matchup that you see at the bottom between Buffalo and Minnesota, and I'm actually eyeing up the over in this hockey game. Hockey game. Both of these teams have had six plus total goals in eight of their last 10 games. The Sabres, they held the Leafs to just one goal earlier this week, but they haven't held their opposition to less than three goals in back-to-back games since early December. Minnesota, second of back-to-backs. I believe they're going with Capo Kakinen. I think there's going to be a lot of offense in this hockey game, so I have no problem with going over six and a half, paying minus 110 in this matchup. And I'm actually going with two player props today as well, starting with Mika Zabanejad in that Rangers-Devils game. I think the Rangers, you can see they're favorites. They should be able to get some offense going. And usually my approach when picking player props for the last few weeks has been finding players who are on heaters. I'm changing up that approach a little bit here. Zabinijad, he has been hitting this mark fairly consistently. Six of his last 10, three of his last five, but no assists in their last game. And he's missed this in two of his last three. I think Zabinijad's going to get going. He's been able to go on really nice runs of this assist prop. And I'm going to try to get in on the early edge of it here by taking him tonight. I'm also going to take Braden Point to grab an assist in the Tampa Bay-Detroit game. I think Tampa Bay is going to be able to keep the offense going. They lost yesterday against Pittsburgh. And I don't think they're going to be held off the score sheet at or not totally off the score sheet, but I don't think their offense is going to be limited in back-to-back games. Plus money on Braden Point. He's been hitting this 50-plus percent of the time over most of the 10-game samples throughout the year. So I like going with Braden Point to pick up an assist. Mika Zibanejad to pick up an assist and the over in Buffalo and Minnesota. All right, Tyler, we'll see if you can get back on track. And that actually brings us to garbage time. And I just wanted to throw something out there, Tyler, about, um, you know, what's happened recently. Obviously, we've all had our minds and hearts attached to Ukraine and, and what's been happening overseas. It's been awful to watch. But I hate hearing stuff like what Agent Dan Milstein tweeted on Friday morning that, um his Russian-born client in the OHL playing in North Bay was targeted with anti-Russian slurs at yesterday's game. Um, look, this has been happening somewhat on the regular. And, I, and you know, I'm disappointed um, just about how often this has popped up and has been a story. And, you know, teams having to beef up NHL security for some of their Russian stars. Um I realize and I think some of the criticism is fair of Alex Ovechkin and uh, his support of Vladimir Putin. I think he has something and many things to answer for with that regard. Um, but given where he's at in, in his life, given uh, how vocal he's been a supporter of Vladimir Putin previously, this is how authoritarian rulers work. You can't go against them. So what is he going to do? Step out publicly and denounce his support for Vladimir Putin? It puts himself, it puts his family uh, certainly in the crosshairs. That's how it works there. Um, so I get that. And I hate to see teenagers and young players targeted. They're not the ones rolling tanks and they may be from there. They're playing here. Let's show some respect um, because I think everyone deserves that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I hate seeing kind of, you know, innocent Russian players and teenagers get targeted. Uh, the reason I have this down at the bottom of the screen right now, though, I wanted to give some love to Arpin Basu, who uh, has been on our show a couple of times over the last few months. And he opened up on Twitter about uh, his father, who's in critical condition over in India. Arpin and his brother are trying to get over to India to see him as well. And I just, oh man, I, my heart just goes out to him. I couldn't imagine one having to go through that. And then the added layer of trying to get there in a pandemic. Um, obviously, Arpin been on our show a few times, like I said, a fantastic guy. And I think uh, I speak for everyone here at Daily Faceoff when we wish he and his family all the best, Frank. Yeah, well said. And certainly we've been trying to help him behind the scenes. Anyone watching, you know, someone in Ottawa with the High Commission of India, um, you know, step up, help Arpin get back home to India so he could see his uh, dad before he passes and also to support his mom who's there in India as well. Um, you know, if you, if you have a connection or you know someone, reach out to Arpin or myself on Twitter. Uh, we'd appreciate any help. And uh, quickly, Frank, before we wrap up a week of shows, if you're one of the people who watches us on the Hockey Fights YouTube every day, starting next week, we're changing things up. We're going to be streaming live on our very own Daily Faceoff YouTube channel. So make sure you head over there, hit the subscribe button, turn on the live alerts as well, and don't miss an episode of the Daily Faceoff show. For Frank Servali, everyone at Daily Faceoff, have a great weekend, enjoy the hockey, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.